0: 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.
1: Barry wired that. All right, off the bar. Here comes McDavid. Backhand! Scores! Connor McDavid! He just went right down the middle and ties the game at 5. McDavid trying to get it free. It does get free. Nurse Has it left side in front of the net. All alone. Dreisaitl scores! Leon Dreisaitl with the overtime winner. And the Oilers win it 6-5.
2: A night that sees the Edmonton Oilers honor a legendary player and we get a legendary game with a legendary goal. Connor McDavid a spectacular effort to tie the game late in the third period and then Leon Draisaitl wins it in overtime. The final at Rogers Place Edmonton Oilers 6, New York Rangers 5. The Rangers had a 4-1 lead early in the second period. The Oilers fought back to tie at 4-4 early in the third. The Rangers went ahead again and the Oilers kept coming and get the victory. They are 9-1. and It's the first time in their team history they have won nine of their first 10 games. The second time in team history they've taken 18 of their first 20 points. They start at 84-85, 8-0-2. What a night. The teams were into it. The fans were into it. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, eight stories above the ice in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. Well, Rob, where to begin? I think we got to start with McDavid's goal. Just the typical one-on-four and then deke the goalie.
3: Well, it's funny. You can see the anticipation and the hope that his players get out of the zone to allow him. He had four Rangers standing still, and he had speed. He's waiting, 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 and finally when he's able to attack, uh, the Rangers were at his mercy. Uh, they were standing around. They couldn't. Uh, they couldn't force him to the outside. They didn't have any back pressure, and he just attacked. And the best part about that play, and every once in a while someone will make a move on a guy and then get in on the goalie, and the goalie makes a save or, or he flubs or he does, and there's no finish. That one, he made the one defenseman look absolutely smith- silly. I think it was Nemeth. I'm not positive. Yep. And then he makes Georgie the fifth look even sillier. Like, he went through four guys and a goalie untouched and had an open net tap-in. Like, like, literally, four guys in a span of 15 feet. No one got a piece of him. And when he went in on the goalie, he had Georgie the fifth diving one way, and he's got the entire empty net to shoot into. It's, it, it's funny. I don't know what Connor has in his career, how many goals he has, or how many goals he's had throughout junior and everything, but he knows when there's something special. And it comes in the celebration afterwards. When there's a special goal scored by him, you can see it in his face. You can see it in the way he celebrates. And that when he celebrated big time, he knew that goal was special because of the way he scored it and at the time he scored it. That was a big game. And at that point, you knew there was absolutely zero chance the Oilers were going to come out of here with anything less than two points.
2: In the end, the Oilers wind, out, wind up out shooting the Rangers 39-25. And... Certainly, the third period the Oilers owned the the first and second periods Rangers good early and they broke the door down with three goals in 404 early in the second the Oilers did recover from it but I I mean you you pointed out between one of the periods Rob whoever whichever team was able to get a cycle going or get some pressure going they were able to sustain for a long time and the Oilers did it pretty much the entire third period
3: well, the the Rangers. It's funny for a team that's so good defensively, they seem to make a lot of defensive errors. And in the third period, they just they look a step behind. They look tired, and I guess that also goes to the fact that where the Oilers can throw out McDavid and Drysaddle uh, every second shift if they want in, in the third because they don't tire, and their shift length they could be on the ice for a minute twenty, a minute thirty, two minutes. They don't tire. And as that game went on in the third period, it'd be late in shifts. And the Rangers, they couldn't get the puck out of their zone. They couldn't ice it. They couldn't freeze it. They couldn't flip it off the boards. And the Oilers just kept pressuring and creating turnover after turnover. And it was just a matter of time when they were going to get the scoring chance. And uh, the Oilers scored five. in in regulation but in that third period they could have had a sixth a seventh or an eighth they hit post they missed wide open nets uh they there were some a couple big saves they just kept putting pressure and pressure on the new york rangers and in all honesty the rangers crumbled in the third period they couldn't keep up with the pressure that the oilers were putting at them and this is a game that uh the rangers probably deserved a point just because of the way they played in the first 40 minutes but the Oilers deserve two points in this game the way they played in the final 35.
2: 6-5, the Oilers take it. The Japanese Village goal light is on on 630ched.com. You can print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village. Try the legendary Wagyu steak cooked right before your eyes. Reserve now at jvedmonton.ca. We turn that on whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, which they've been doing quite often this season. The overtime winner, Leon Dreisaitl, which about as much time... You can have in a game, unless you get a shootout opportunity after overtime, if it lasts that long. And he gets the pass from Nurse Rob, and I'm just sitting there thinking, well, which of the 10 options is Leon <laughs> going to pick to score this goal? you
3: well, imagine you're the Ranger goalie, Georgie, the fifth, and you look up, and there is um, Leon Dreisaitle with all the time in the world to decide where he wants to put the puck, and at one point I thought he might actually pass it back door because at that point Connor was coming from the corner. He had him back door for an open net. Leon's not missing there. And there's nothing that uh, the Ranger net miner could have done. He had the best goal scorer in the National Hockey League, not name Ovechkin, standing in front of him, and he finally Leon picked where he wanted to put it, beat some five-hole, and the game is over. But just before that, Dave Tippett calls a timeout. He had his best players on the ice for an extended shift, face-off in the offensive zone. He called a timeout, let them get a little bit of rest. And then he puts them out there, and it came down to this. If Leon wins the faceoff, the game is over because the Rangers weren't going to touch the puck again. Leon won the faceoff, came all the way back to his own blue line, but they just cycled, got the puck going, got it in offensively, and then mistake after mistake by the Rangers leaves Leon Drysdale wide open.
2: 6-5 the Oilers take it. The Oilers power play 2 for 2 tonight. Rob, we are 10 games into the season, <laughs> which I know in the grand scheme of things there's still a lot of time left. But still, we're 10 games into the season. The Oilers power play is 15 for 30, for 50%. Uh,
3: that's that's silly. It, honestly, it's silly. I've I've played on great power plays with great players. I've played with Mario. I've played with Paul Coffey. I've played with Francis Yeager. Uh, I've never seen what the Oilers are doing right now. Uh, They have yet to have a stretch of a power play, not not like a stretch of five or six power plays. I'm talking during a power play where they didn't look like they were going to have success. Uh, the, the, the 15 times they haven't scored was only because the goaltender made great saves or they missed open opportunities. They move the puck around better than any, and Gretzky said it when he was on, he got interviewed, and he said that this looks better than any power play he ever played on, and I agree. They There's no other power play in the national hockey that even comes close to what the Oilers are doing. You cannot take a penalty against the Edmonton Oilers and win hockey games. As tonight, this is a one-goal game, and the Oilers' power play scores two.
2: Yeah, the Rangers went one for two with their man advantages. The Oilers have only given up four power play goals against, So the special teams continue to be an amazing story. Yessi Pugliarvi scores
3: a couple of goals. He's now up to five on the season. He wasn't excited at all, was he? Oh, my <laughs> good! It's funny. And I can see why Edmonton has fallen in love with Jesse piliarvi He's he's an every everyday guy. He was celebrating after the game when he got interviewed. He was still celebrating with the fist pumps.
0: Here's Dave Tippett. It's fun, but winning like the old Oilers in the mid-80s is a lot of fun, too. <laughs> Paul Coffey said it last night at the gala for Kevin there that... He loved eight, seven games. Well, we got close to that, but not to eight, seven. But it was a fun game to be involved in, fun game to be involved in. It's just lots of ebbs and flows in it. You know, Koskinen has played so well for us over this stretch here that, um, you know, we we made some mistakes that uh, cost us against him. And uh, our guys hung in there, and we found a way to win. And that's what uh, we've kind of been talking about that all year, find a way to win. Can you put words to
4: what's it like to coach this team right now?
0: Well, any team when you're winning it's fun to coach but this is this is a good group this is a special group like they uh, they believe in themselves in there and that's uh that's a good step a good step in the right direction we've got off to a very good start we've got a a real challenging next few weeks here with some you know, a couple road trips so i'm uh I'm very pleased for the guy. Very happy for the guys. They have worked hard, and uh, we'll get a couple days, uh, couple of days of rest here, and then head out on the road. Dave Zach Hyman said uh, uh, the bench was going
5: crazy on that goal. As a coach, you, are you going crazy internally, or do you just do you have to try to stay calm in that moment?
0: Well, you're awful happy. It, it's usually you can see, you know, a great play is coming, and. You know, you get a break or you can anticipate it. I mean, that is just making something out of nothing right there. I mean, you're going one on four and all of a sudden it's in the back of the net, an empty netter. So you're a little bit in shock and uh, happy you got yourself back in the game. And now uh, where are we going to go from there? (laughs) Can you talk about the play from your defenseman tonight uh, a lot of points
5: um at times really poised walking the blue line there was a sequence of keith and bouchard where like they made three really great plays and just dump it in maybe talk about the evolution offensively and then we'll get to the defensive side
0: well that, we've been talking about that part of our game trying to find a little more we, we've been pretty good at offensive zone time but we're not generating enough so we've talked about a little bit of get a little more creative you know creativity along that line, and we have the people that can do it back there, so it's good to see them get some results from it.
5: And then defensively, on a few of the Rangers' goals, were your D-man backing in deeper than you would like? What, what was the uh, thoughts on uh,
0: the I'll have to look at them all, but we, we made some mistakes. We made some giveaways that it's hard to get up gap when you turn it over, and all of a sudden, you're they're right at you, you know, so... It's, uh, we'll look at it, but it's, you know, we, we just, we made some puck errors that cost us tonight that, uh, and some of them, Koski made a couple of big saves on them in the first period that we gave away and and then uh, we got we got bit by a couple of them. So that continue I mean, that happens in a game. There's turnovers and you just got to try to clean some of that up. But that being said, I'm glad, you know, we were, like I say, Koski has played so well. I'm glad we could find a way to win when he's not You know, as good as he has been, the last little stretch here.
1: When you uh, when you see that McDavid goal at that time of the game, you're down by one. It's late in the game. It's a you know full house Friday night. Kevin Lowe, all that stuff.
0: uh, Yeah, it's pretty special.
1: What is what happens there? What's that all about?
0: Oh, it's pretty special. It it is. It's uh, you know, that's he. He's an unbelievable player. There's not many players that can. Like I say, make something happen out of that. Most guys, 99% of the league dumps it in. And he, he has the ability to find a way. And that's, he's scored a few special goals since we've been here. We were just, Ken Hall and I were just kind of talking about it there, that he's scored some, some pretty amazing goals. And that one's going to go right up there with them. Dave, just in the back here, on the left-hand side here.
6: I know we're talking about McDavid's goal, but Jesse Paul Yarvi, his first of the night, almost looking like Yari Curry. He was also in the building tonight, coming down that right side. What did you see on that play, and did it was a shades of Curry for you?
0: Well, they're a little different kind of players, but uh, you know, right shot coming down that wing, and Curry used to get his head up and find those spots, and that's what Jesse did. So I guess. They're both from Finland and they're right shots and they score a lot so that's that's probably similarities there got to ask you about the atmosphere
6: after going fanless all of last season <laughs> I mean when you walked out there yelling out let 's go tip it can you talk about the atmosphere in the place tonight?
0: somebody mentioned as soon as we came up, can you believe we played with no fans last year and it just it's a totally totally different game for players coaches referees everybody it's just a totally different this is the way it's supposed to be right so a lot of fun
7: so dave is uh is mcdavid going to get a lot of leeway on his next one on uh, one on four are you not going to ask him to dump it in
0: no there's certain players that i would expect to dump it in and there's some that you trust not that you don't trust the other guys. There's guys that are better forward checkers, and there's guys that are better stick handlers. Connor's pretty good at stick handling.
7: Um, you know, he scored, as you mentioned, scored some in- incredible goals over the course of his career. I think, the you know, the one in Toronto a couple years ago comes to mind immediately. But that was kind of, you know, an insurance marker. This tied a game. Do you have the magnitude of the goal? Do you think it was maybe the greatest goal he's ever scored in his career?
0: Oh, maybe Since you've been oh, I don't know. I haven't been around his whole career. It reminded me a little bit of the one, I think it was our my first game here against Vancouver, uh, a couple of years ago, he got one in the third, kind of similar as that, you know, going in. So he's, uh, I mean, he's scored, scored some pretty special goals, but obviously the one tonight had a huge impact on the game. And just if, if you have an update on, on Devin Shore, who left, who didn't play in the third period? I saw him there. It looks like he uh, he might miss some time. I haven't talked to TD yet, but it looks like he might miss time here. So we'll see where that is tomorrow.
5: Dave, early in the game you switched uh, Evan and, and Tyson, which, which you've done before, and, and it seemed to pay off. Uh, you know Barry offensively. Can you talk about Tyson's game tonight? Mm. And then uh, after that, about uh, Jim Playford talk about wanting Duncan Keith to get back to being more creative. Are you starting to see that?
0: Yeah, you're starting to see that. He's he's certainly he's uh, he's got good quickness, a like good stick. He, he makes good quick plays. So so Duncan getting. More and more comfortable. The switch with uh, Barry and Bouchard. Just Barry looked like he was, had some jump in his step there, and we wanted to just switch things up and uh, switch it up. And that we're just going to. Those are things that just happen in a game, and it's you know Bouchard's kind of been up and down here the last two or three, and Barry, you know, saw an opportunity and jumped in there and he ran with it. So we'll, uh, we'll see where it goes there, but it's it's great. I think it's great to have a competition in your lineup like that. And uh you know, Jim Plaper did a, came down to me and said I'm, he was going to make the switch. And I, I trust him and what he's thinking and, and uh, made the switch and paid off for us. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. That's Edmonton
2: Oilers head coach Dave Tippett live on 630. Chad, the Oilers win a thriller 6-5 over the New York Rangers in overtime. Dreisaitl gets the winner, his 10th goal of the season. McDavid's eighth of the year, tied it with 2.59 left in the third. Rob, I was watching that goal online while Tippett was speaking. And what's even more amazing, that wasn't McDavid's original line of attack. Dreisaitl was vacating the zone, and they almost ran into each other Yeah, that's the offside dot.
3: Well, that's what I was saying. The whole thing, this is going on, and, and connor has got, uh, he's waiting, and he's waiting, because he knows that he's got those guys standing still, but he can't enter the zone until his players get out. And Leon was the last guy coming out, so he just was like a predator, a shark in the neutral zone, just skating around, skating around, and as soon as Leon put his foot over the blue line, then he attacked. And it was funny, I, I wanted to see it for, far enough back because it seemed like Connor had the puck forever, yet they had two assists on the play. I'm like, hey, when did those guys touch the puck? As both Barry and Leon got it, but they never ever went far enough back in the replay to show it. But yeah, uh, Connor McDavid knew what he wanted to do and he was getting a little antsy because he needed his players to clear the zone before he could attack the defenders.
2: At Commonwealth Stadium, the game just ended. Saskatchewan holding off a late rally from the Edmonton Elks to win 19-17. So the Elks will not win a home game this season, 0-7 at Commonwealth. They finish with three consecutive road games. The scoreboard presented by Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. The Edmonton Oil Kings beaten 6-5 in Calgary. They'll play the Hitman here tomorrow night at 7 On the farm, it is the Condors and the San Diego Gulls tied 2-2 in overtime. And in the NHL tonight, Predators beat the Canucks 3-2. Ducks over the Coyotes 3-1. The Coyotes have still not won a game. Devils and Kings 1-1 in the third. And the Blackhawks stuck at one win after a 5-1 loss to the Winnipeg Jets. Brian Nugent Hopkins gets an assist tonight, Rob. Up to now 14 assists in 10 games. Still looking for that first
3: goal. And for I'm not sure he's going to get a better opportunity than oh. the, the play that Hyman made. A wonderful play from behind the net. Puts his head up before he comes around. The, everyone thinks he's just going to try and stuff it, but he finds Rnh out in front. Rnh went for the one timer, and he just he just whiffed. Uh, the puck was probably about two inches away from perfection. And he just never got the stick on it, and he actually lost sight of the puck. But I'm thinking as that plays unfolding, obviously up here, you can see it. It's in slow motion for us. You're thinking, all right, here comes the first goal of the season. It didn't. I thought he played well, and his linemates played very well. He's just snake bit when it comes to goal scoring right now.
2: Well, and the three stars tonight, McDavid, the third star, Pauly Arvey the second star, Kevin Lowe on his night was picked as the first star. That's pretty cool to get
3: Molson Cup points 24 (laughs)
2: years after you retire or whatever. the funny
3: part, he's probably now ahead of about 16 players on the team. That's true.
2: But I I thought, and look, obviously McDavid makes spectacular plays, and he and Dreisaitl are all all over the score sheet almost every night. But I thought the most consistent Oiler in terms of having an all-round game and... Generating some things and tilting the ice when t- to take some momentum away from the Rangers. I thought it was Zach
3: Hyman. Oh, th- there's no question. I said that with Bob right after the game, that he was the best player from start to finish. Uh, I think I saw he only had one point on the night, but he was everywhere. And he easily could have had about four or five points. Uh, he wasn't able to finish a couple chances. He set up some line mates a couple of times. And the goal that Barry scored, if you watch the replay... He skates in front of the net, and George the Georgie the fifth, he's trying to see around him. He goes to the right to look around him, and the puck goes by him on the left. So that goal, it wasn't a bomb by Barry, but he put it on net, and the goaltender couldn't see it because Hyman perfectly placed in front of the net. So he doesn't get a point on that goal, but he's the big reason why that puck went in the back of the night. So Hyman again, and Dave Tippett isn't able to go to Connor and Leon with uh, as much confidence if you don't have Zach Hyman here. Zach Hyman allows him to have a second line where there's not the drop-off where you're going from line one down to a line three or a line four. That, that drop-off is very small because Hyman pushes that dri- line. He drives that line, and now you got Hyman, Nuge, and Yamamoto playing better and they created a ton of great opportunities five on five they were through 40 minutes they were the best line that the Oilers had then in the third period connor and leon took over
2: six five the oilers take it in overtime to run their record to nine and one the rangers are now six two and three so this is a six hundred dollar donation to 630 Chad santa's anonymous courtesy james h brown and associates unrivaled experience unrivaled commitment unrivaled results they're given a hundred dollars for every goal the Oilers score throughout the season, it's now up to forty-five hundred bucks. The Oilers are scoring four and a half goals per game.
3: They're, they're playing well. What's that? Sixteen goals in their last three games. It's a uh, it's a nice yeah, little yeah. Sixteen
2: run. goals on this homestead. Yeah,
3: in three games. It's a nice little run right now for the Edmonton. Again, they they live and die off their power play, and now they're get they've been getting depth scoring. When I mean, you got that combination going, uh, they're tough to beat. So tonight I, they overcame some sloppy play. They overcame probably just an average night by their goaltender. But they're a team right now that is good enough to find other ways to win. And that's what we saw tonight. Good teams win games like this, and the Edmonton Oilers did. Robbie
2: gets a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. River Cree Resort and Casino excitement. Bet on it. I set the line before the game at six and a half total goals. Obviously, it's way over at 11. So, Robbie, congratulations for that. Okay, let's go back down to the Hall of Fame room. Here are Connor McDavid and Darnell Nurse.
5: Uh, hey, Connor. Um... Your emotion, I think, said it all after that goal. Just the, the timing of it, and this, just how great of a goal it was. Can you kind of walk us through that whole sequence? Yeah, I thought uh, we
8: did a great job of coming out in the third and getting us back, getting ourselves back in the game, and not like that we gave one up there to uh, to you know get back the lead. But you know, I thought it was a a big moment. I thought the the crowd was into the game. Um, it was an exciting night.
5: Um, you know, and I think it all kind of just escalated then. Darnell, you, uh, you guys are down 4-1. to one. Uh, It's obviously not looking great at that point. You, you battle back a real kind of up and down. Can you talk about just the emotion in the building tonight? That's the that's loudest that building's been in, in quite some time. And you notice it that, that much, especially after Connor's goal.
9: Oh, 100%, even, uh, I think there was a couple sequences before where we had them hemmed in their zone, and um, you know, everyone's uh, everyone's standing on their feet and, and going ballistic. And I think as a player, he's trying to stay even keel, but you know that emotion that comes from the fans, it really juices you up and, and uh, makes you want to play hard. So that, it definitely
10: is a factor, and there's a lot of fun out there tonight. Connor, uh, can you describe going one against four and then scoring the goal? uh
8: yeah i mean i was not happy i didn't keep the puck in the zone i thought we were you know building something there and i you know, kind of just lost the handle i kind of lost the handle a puck uh, all night but you know i thought uh just tried to pick my way through there you know i wasn't going overly really fast um you know the guys did a good job of hustling to get back on side and kind of just tried to pick my way through and you know find a
10: way through and no, think I did. Did it seem like since Kevin Lowe's number was retired and all the old Oilers were in the building, it was a 6-5 game? There were a lot of those back in the day.
8: <laughs> yeah. It felt like the 80s out there for a bit, um, you know, just with the back and forth. The Rangers are a quick team. You know, they, uh, they're a quick strike offense, and, um, you know, they, uh, they definitely uh, played a solid game, but, you know, I thought uh, we did a good job of, you know, sticking with it.
4: Thank you. Can you both take a whack at this? uh, How significant do you think this game and result might be uh, in the history of this new hockey club we're talking to? I'd like both of you to answer that.
9: Um, You know, like... I think it's important for us to uh, keep sight of of how much hockey still is left to be played obviously you come into nights like this and when you're down 4-1 uh on a night when you're honoring uh, a legend really of the, of the organization of the league uh for us to come out and find a way to win it's it's big um you don't want to put yourself in that situation when you're down 4 one but we just show we're a resilient team and can, and can find ways to win and it's definitely a, a big win but we gotta carry it onto the road now
8: Uh, Yeah, I mean, you know, we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. It's 10 games in, you know, we've had a good start. It's a special night, obviously, with, uh, you know, all the legends in the building and, you know, a special night for Kevin and his family and, um, you know, what he means to the city and what he means to, uh, um, you know, the Oilers. I think it was a special night, and honestly, we wanted to to perform well, and, you know, I thought uh, we didn't do that for a large part of the game, but, you know, finding a way to win a game like that is... uh, you know, you can you can build on it. Um yeah, we got a couple of days off here but um you know definitely something to build on.
4: And uh Connor, I know it's our job to our job to score them, But where does that goal rate in uh some of the ones you've scored?
8: yeah you know it was a nice goal um i've scored some nice ones in my career uh that's you know up there with with uh, a few of them and you know i thought just the timing of it you know with the crowd and the night and all that it uh, definitely felt uh, a little bigger than uh, than just a game in november so um you know it was a it was a nice goal but you know i've scored uh,
7: i've scored some nice ones connor i think it was last year you scored a really nice goal i asked and you took on two guys and i think i asked you something like what compelled you to go up against two guys but well, you did it against four was there any kind of trepidation about taking on four guys there
8: you know what i uh, you know I'm, I'm paid to score big goals and i'm paid to, to to do that type of stuff and you know it's just you know just doing my job um, you know i thought uh, probably not the best idea to take four guys on all, at, all at, you know every night but you know when the Um, I thought it just the situation kind of was weird you know everyone was kind of coming up I was kind of coming down the the pipe
7: and just tried to make a play your reaction was was something I mean did did, were you surprised I guess by what you were able to do just based on your reaction I think anytime you score a nice
8: goal there's always a little bit of uh, surprise uh, you know especially going through a couple guys like that you know, but, uh, again, just the moment, the fans, the fans were into it all night, especially there in the third period when we were building something back there. Um, you know, it kind of just uh, just came out there.
7: Darnell, that, that wasn't a goal that was scored, you know, when it was 5 nothing or in the first period. It was really important goal, given the gravity of the situation. Do you think that was the best goal that Connor's ever scored?
9: It's up there. Um, I think everyone on our team, you know... Time after time, this guy steps up in situations like that and and makes a huge play. And obviously going one on four, I've never seen it before. But uh, it was a huge, huge goal. And, I mean, he'll, he'll be... It'll be very uh, downplay a little bit, but that was that was one of the nicest goals I've ever seen, probably the nicest one I've ever seen. So,
7: and and, and just last one for you, Darnell. Um, you know, uh, at points of the game, they scored a couple goals off the rush. They looked pretty dangerous. The Rangers, obviously, I'm talking about. Did did, did you find it was um, like, what kind of gave you guys some troubles there in, in the way that they they approached their offense and, and off the rush? Yeah, they,
9: they they are a rush team. We knew that coming into the game. They create a lot of their offense off of either turnovers or. You know, just finding ways to, to create offense coming out of their own zone. So, yeah, they they score a couple goals off the rush. We found a way to win the game.
6: Connor, just one more for me in the back on your left. Uh, you talked about the legends being in the building yet. This is the first time in franchise history the Oilers are 9-1 and one after 10 games. Can you talk about the specialty of that start and the confidence that's brewing for from seeing this team win in different fashions in the first 10 games
8: yeah you know I thought uh, you know things have gone well and and, uh, you know for us um, you know I thought uh, you know in a lot of our wins we've been able to kind of control the game score early control the game and and uh, you know tonight was a little bit different where we kind of battled back all night long and uh, I thought that adversity was good and and you know it's not gonna be easy every night and I didn't think we had our a game and Uh, you know to be able to win with your with your b game is always a good thing and uh, you know we were able to do that tonight
6: thanks Connor.
2: Connor mcdavid and darnell nurse after a 6-5 oilers victory against the new york rangers enjoyed his answers about his spectacular goal tonight maybe not a great idea to take on four players all the time and then he later said well i'm
3: paid to score big goals he's he's just doing his job Rob he he is well it's funny I've been watching the highlights while they were talking there and they just showed it over and over again and it's he does he had he he just read the situation he had four guys standing still he's the fastest player in the National Hockey League they're coming up he's going back the other way and he caught them and uh he, he well he made a few of them look silly uh and it was just the the perfect situation for him to try something like that and like he said it was just the moment it's the time the, the the goal was scored the importance of the goal the fact that the fans weren't just in it at that moment they were in it the entire night this was an exciting building the entire night standing ovations three or four times just because the team had good shifts and just that just magnified, and you can see the excitement after he scores. Like There's a lot of goals where he scores. He rarely gets a smile on his face. This one he pumped and went down on his knee and went halfway up the ice. He knew the significance of that goal. He knew how important it was, but he also knew how pretty it was, and he celebrated that, and, and we're going to get to celebrate it here for the next little while, and we'll they show replay after replay. Well, this is
2: one of the best nights that I've been in. At Rogers Place, obviously in 16-17, the team started rolling and got into the playoffs, and the playoff games had a great atmosphere. But this was something today, and they referenced it in the in the post game. The whole getting the momentum of having fans back in the building after not being here last year, and now the team starting nine and one, the real sense that the Oilers are. For real, yep. and there's a lot of track left, but I mean, hey, nine and one is nine and one. You you can't argue with that, and and yeah, I mean, you referenced the the moments during the game between plays when the fans cheered, got on their feet, and I, I it really stood out for me that standing ovation shortly after the orders tied at four four. You know that to me that was a a really cool moment. Mm-hmm. To, like to me that was oil country saying you know what we we recognize you've you've rallied from 4-1 down and 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 we also recognize you're not done you know it's it's not it's not good enough just to come back now and and get a point we we want to we believe you guys want to and 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 we're saying hey you know because we see it some and the rangers did go back ahead but you and i have seen it Lots, not just in Oilers games, not just in the NHL, but in pro sports. A lot of time, a, a team can catch up, but then there's a little bit of a deflation because they spend so much energy catching up that then they can't sustain well, it. And, and I love that moment, the fans rising to their feet and saying, hey, you know what, keep going, take this over the
3: finish line. Well, obviously, that's what was missing last year. That's why the, the we would sit up here and do the games, and as much as we got to Marvel at uh, the greatness. Is is Connor had his season of all seasons last year? There was something missing in those in those moments, and we saw what was missing. It was the fans and the excitement. I mean, Jesse Puljuari, the excitement after he scored both his goals tonight. Uh, that's the 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 energy that a player has is bigger when there's peer, people cheering him on. I remember last year, one of the very first goals of the season that Connor McDavid scored, he scored the goal and he went over to the glass and he had his hands and he was about to jump into the glass. And then just the look on his face is like, okay, there's nobody there. Like, so it, did, the, it was a much more subdued celebrations. Well, now the celebrations are bigger. The smiles are bigger. The, uh, the players are feeding off of the fans and the fans are feeding off the players. And that's huge. All of a sudden there's home ice advantage again. And we saw that tonight in, in this game. There was, the Oilers would have a good shift going, and the fans were on their feet. There was fa- fans down banging on the glass. This is, it was a playoff atmosphere. And the only, I'm trying to think of a regular season game where I saw this, and I think the one I remember was the Sam Gagne 8.9. Yeah, that, that I was, was at. pretty amazing. And that yeah. was, and there was energy in the building because everybody realized what was going on and, and the excitement. And tonight it was something along those lines. And it, it's, it was fitting that the Oilers get the incredible goal by Connor and then win it in overtime because it just wouldn't have felt right leaving here tonight without a victory after the way this game was played, after the celebration of Kevin Lowe, some of the incredible goals that we scored, and just the way the fans took to this team tonight. Uh, it, this The Oilers deserved the two points and rightfully got it.
2: 6-5, the Oilers take it in overtime. We're going to go to the hotline for Teed. the pro's choice for <laughs> roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Teed pro all the way. We have yeah. Jason standing by. Hey, Jason, hope you're
11: feeling good. Oh, I'm feeling great. Um, I just wanted to make a comment about the fans kind of going off of what you guys were saying. Uh, so many years I've seen it where the Oilers are down and the fans... They're nowhere to be found. There's no energy in the building. There's nothing. And today, we were down, but the energy was still up and high. And I think that's what drove the team to actually come back the way they did.
2: Well, Jason, I'll tell you what. To me, that's a bit of a chicken and egg argument. And for the first few years, Rob and I did the games together. And when, when Rob was on with Dan before me, the team wasn't very good. So... Are the fans going to get overly excited when they have seen three, four, five losses in a row, and then they're behind a goal in the third period and thinking, "Well, what difference is getting up and cheering going to make?" Because we're probably going to lose anyway. I, I I totally hand it to the fans for for uh, for getting on their feet tonight and and cheering. But like, what comes first—the exciting team or the exciting players, or 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 the fans believing? But to me, like, that's the thing, though, Rob. If, if there's six minutes, seven minutes, four minutes, whatever, left in a game, and you're down a goal, if the Oilers are down a goal, there's more belief than I think you and I have ever seen in our tenure because, A, you might get a power play, mm-hmm. and, B, McDavid or Drysaddle might make a play like that.
3: Well, that's what's unfair for teams playing against the Oilers. A one-goal lead isn't safe, a two-goal lead, and obviously tonight a three-goal lead isn't safe. The goal that Poliarvi scored late in the second period, changed the entire hockey game because now they're down two going into the third. One power play, well, you know they're going to score in the power play, so now they're down one in the third, and they have a chance at least in the last couple of minutes to pull their goaltender. So that was a huge goal at the time for the Oilers, but this is a, a team that's got the two best offensive players in the National Hockey League on it. And every time they step on the ice... They've got a great chance of scoring because they, they create a chance every time they come on. So it's just not safe, any lead against the Edmonton Oilers. And uh, tonight was uh, just uh, an example of that, that if you fall asleep for a moment, the momentum completely switches against you. And you throw in the second line that has a Hyman driving the bus, all of a sudden now you've got two lines that are pushing pressure on you. And... The, the the fact that Leon and Connor, and they're now on the back end, their work ethic and the way they prepare and how good a shape they're in, they can play 10, 12 minutes in a period. So you've got them on the ice for over half of the period. That is a lot of pressure on a team trying to hold on to a lead.
2: But, but I think you referenced a big point. There's another line. Yes. And sometimes this season there's been three that can apply pressure and even if they don't score the puck's not in the Oilers end and then you know you're starting in the offensive zone and you're keeping pressure on that's our adjustment of the game for pro drain techs for peace of mind down the line
3: well I think that's the key thing Uh, I mean hockey's a lot like lacrosse became lacrosse you always have your offensive players come out when the ball's in the offensive zone and you have the defensive players vice versa well the Oilers when they have momentum going Usually they like we'll talk about say the Hyman's lines out there. They got pressure going in New York, the only way they can get out of it is they ice the puck. Well now Dave Tippett looks down, all right, Connor, Leon jump out there. You're getting a face off in the offensive zone against a tired group. How many times in the, the past were all right, Leon and Connor, the face offs in our end, we're gonna have to ask you to go from our end, win the draw and somehow get it down there, get momentum going the other way. The, the pressure and, and the momentum changing shifts that the second, third, and even fourth line give you, all of a sudden, I don't know how many times tonight where you saw Tippett look, oh, icing call against them, tired group. All right, Connor and Liam back out. So they're going out a number of times in the offensive zone facing tired players. Most teams, when they're fresh, can't pl- handle Connor and Leon together. Now you're asking a tired group, and then we saw it tonight time and time again. The Rangers were so tired, they couldn't get the puck out. They couldn't even ice the puck at times. And the Oilers were getting two, three, four-second chances, and eventually the Rangers just fell apart.
2: Oilers win it 6-5. McDavid ties it on an eye-popping goal. settle wins it in overtime. we got time for more of your calls. You're going to hear from Hyman and Poliarvi as well. This is Heartland Ford, Overtime Open Line.
1: of the circle to Rooney to Miller left corner back to the blue line is Truba his shot off the shoulder of Koskinen never saw it but it hit him
2: that is the save of the game for reface magic transform your kitchen with ease see the magic at refacemagic.ca hey for Miko didn't have the night that he's had most of his appearances this season but he makes 20 saves and enough to get the victory so he is 7 and 1 on the season the Oilers are 9 and 1 again this is the first time in team history they've won 9 of their first 10. Now, in 84-85, they did start 12-0-3. Uh, they were 8-0-2. So second time they've taken nine, uh,
3: sorry, 18 of their first 20 points. Well, and this isn't... I don't mean to belittle any franchise, but this isn't like the Vancouver Canucks off to a 9-1. It's the best in club history, or, or name a number of teams, Anaheim Ducks, things like that. This is a team with the storied history where they won five Stanley Cups. So this is a team that's had... The greatest players in the world play for them, and their start is as good as any of them, if not better. So, uh, it is a it's an exciting time to be an Oilers fan. It, it really is. Now, obviously, uh, there's a long way to go in the season, and they're going to be judged on playoff time. But jump on the bandwagon now, because uh, not only are they winning hockey, they're playing fun games. They're exciting to watch. They've scored 16 goals on this homestand. This is uh, supposed to be a three-two. League, this is a league where they say that you know, goals aren't scored at this in the national hockey like they did in the 80s. Well, the Oilers are putting that myth to to rest because they play a style of hockey that you you think it okay, they're going to score five tonight, let's see how many they can get over five because they create so many chances and their power play is a level that the NHL has never seen, yeah,
2: and and maybe. Maybe we're seeing it fully come to fruition now, the transition they wanted to make with some of the rules and yep. opening it opening it up. I mean, as much as when there's a rule change, you like to think, okay, game one of the season, it's going to look different. Some, sometimes it takes a while, and it takes players coming up through junior and maybe even in the minor. I know some of these guys didn't play in the minors, but but for it to fully be
3: well, realized. And a lot of the players that are coming up now, are coming up through a minor hockey system, then junior and college systems were... Uh There was no clutching and grabbing. there was no oh, yeah. hooking there was they they came up where you this is how you played hockey yeah. you, you skated. It was all about skill making plays, being smart uh and the old guard is slowly starting to fade out of the national hockey. The guys that came in were, oh, if the guy's got you beat, just put your stick in his waist and just ski behind him all the way in that that's starting to be faded out, so yeah, you're seeing players that this is the way they were taught to play the game. And you see the, the beauty in it and the fun in it and the excitement in it. Uh, I tell you right now, it, I don't know if there's a team in the National Hockey League that is more exciting to watch than the Oilers. I know Florida's got a, uh, as good a record, and I know that Carolina, I believe, is still undefeated. But I'm not sure they're doing it with the, the flourish that the Edmonton Oilers are doing.
2: So in the last 35 seasons, here are the teammates who have racked up 20 points in their team's first 10 games. Dry settle McDavid doing it this year. Dry settles up to 23 points. McDavid at 22. Lemieux, Yager, and Francis did it in 95-96, so it hadn't happened since then. Lemieux and Stevens in 92-93. Gretzky and Nichols for the Kings in 88-89, and also in 88-89. Lemieux, Coffee, and you,
3: Rob Brown. Wow, that's a long time ago. Well, I mean, you you did say a lot of greats there, so I can completely understand how you put me with Lemieux and McDavid and Gretzky and Nichols. Uh, I do remember that season. It was fun. Um, I I love in the last number of years where Connor and Leon do all these special things early in a season or at a young age because whenever they do that on the TSN or Sportsnet and they put all the lists down there, hey, there I am again. So I just keep hoping they do some fun things. Then all the the kids that I teach kids, hey, look, there's Coach Brownie on there. He did really play hockey. I thought he was just an old guy that hangs out with us in his tracksuit. He was a hockey player at one point.
2: Let's go to the CertainTeed hotline as the Oilers win 6-5 in OT. We have Greg standing by. Hi, Greg, go ahead. Hey, guys, how's it going?
11: Very good. That goal by McDavid, unreal. Anyway, um, I just want to know if uh, you guys noticed on the uh, dry side overtime goal, he actually wasn't looking at the net when he shot the puck. He was actually looking at McDavid coming out of the corner, and it was a no-look shot. I've watched, the, I've watched the highlight about four or five times, and yeah, he wasn't even looking at the goalie when he shot the
3: puck. Well, it's funny. I, I said, I was watching from up top, and I, I said, I think he's going to actually pass it back door to Connor McDavid because McDavid beat the guy out of the corner, and he could have hit him back door, but at that point, Leon's got the goalie frozen. So if Leon hits his spot, the goalie has no chance. He's he's 10 feet out, and he's looking there, but I think I think Leon knew all along where he was going. He wanted to go 5-hole. The goalie is flat-footed. He now has got his skate stuck into the ice, so he knows the 5-hole can't be closed, and he hit his spot. So, uh, yeah, Leon, I, as I think it was Don Cherry said long, long time ago, you don't have to... Uh, look at the net when you're shooting because the net hasn't moved and gotten bigger or gotten smaller in all the years they've been playing hockey. So just put the puck where you feel it should go, and Leon did that.
2: Yeah, I'm just uh, watching here. Yeah, he, he did give a glance over there to McDavid cutting out of the
3: corner, and like we said, so much time. Well, it's, it's not fair. It's not fair for the goaltender right there. He's looking out, and it's, you know, if the second-best player in the National Hockey League staring at him with the puck on his stick, no help is coming. Yeah, because I think it was Sabanajad who was the, the player back. He had fallen twice trying to get to Leon. So all of a sudden, Leon just standing there in front. So uh, a great play by Danelle Nurse. Nurse. Uh, he got tripped on the play. And then Leon, he's got all the time in the world to do what he wanted, picked his spot. And it's one of those, you know that puck is going in the net. You just absolutely know it, and the place went absolutely nuts afterwards.
2: Darnell Nurse with three assists tonight. He played 29-23. Tyson Berry also had three points, a goal and two assists. He played 23-16. Let's go to Robert on the CertainTeed Hotline. Hi, Robert. Thanks for calling.
11: Hello, sir. It's Mr. Two Point back. Haven't talked to you in a while. I am over the moon. Well, I don't blame you. Yeah,
2: two points in October and November, worth the same as March and April, right? Put them in the bank.
11: Well, I think we got to change the narrative because these two points are not the same as any other two points. I got to say it. I mean, they got to look back on this game, and this is just such inspiration for every time you're in a hole and you need to dig out. I mean, and what a night. What a night. I mean, Sarah McLaughlin singing the national anthem, that's Super Bowl level, right?
3: <laughs> it was fantastic. I'm a huge fan of her, huge fan, and seeing her out I, there on the ice was pretty cool.
11: I was stunned, you know, and Connor doing what he did, and the way the crowd was from start to finish, the way Leon played. I mean, the Stauffer, I think, said this is one of the three best games he's ever seen in his life. He said it was like Canada Cup, this one, and I can't remember what the third one was, but...
2: Um, Probably a Southside
3: Athletic Club <laughs> midget triple-A game. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, midget yeah, double. It was, it was midget, midget double. double. There midget wasn't double. midget triple yet. But, no, it, it, the thing that was cool about this game tonight was the atmosphere. And I think for uh, so many of the people who had last year had this... I mean, when Connor has this incredible season and everybody's watching it in their homes by themselves on a couch, you know, not able to be in the rink, not able to be in a bar, you know, with a whole group of people celebrating, enjoying the moment, enjoying the camaraderie of everybody cheering for the same thing. So for everyone to be here tonight, to have a special night for Kevin Lowe, to have a game that was as exciting as this, and to have the fans being able to enjoy it. Uh, I tell you, we're in the press box, but you could feel the energy all the way up here. It was... It was a really cool experience tonight. And to me, the the game that kept reminding me of is the Sam Gagne eight-point night where there was just, you knew something special was in the air, and it was tonight with uh, a goal that's going to be goal of the season, uh, a comeback, uh, and the fans spurring the team on. And to me, again, another big part of this was Jesse Pugliarvi, who scores a huge goal. And he's a guy that can get his team going But the smile and the celebration of every goal that he scores gets the fans going. Like there was a standing ovation for Yessie just because Yessie celebrated and had so much celebrating the goal, so Yessie gets the fans going, which in turn gets the team going. So, uh, just a pretty cool, a cool night to be part of. It's Too
2: bad Mike, the Bison head guy, wasn't here.
3: <laughs> well, well, if he was, he didn't wear the Bison. Well, head. he actually. Well, the streak is broken now, so now he doesn't have to come to every game. They can, we can win without Bison head. All right, seven zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Rihanna on
2: the line. Hey, Rihanna, thanks for calling. Go ahead
12: hey guys how you doing i'm calling from boston do you remember me
2: oh yes you have called before how are you doing
12: <laughs> good good uh, i haven't called in a while i've been working on my fashion line uh, as you might know um, <laughs> how's that going uh yeah yeah it's going well i'm a billionaire i think now but nice. um, good yeah <laughs> yeah no this, i just couldn't uh, help but just give you guys a call because you know it's one in the morning here but uh this the game was just you know, unbelievable. I totally echo the comments of the last caller, like this game is just an inspiration for the whole season. And really satisfying for me personally because I was at a game, I think in 2013 in New York, where we lost, I think, 8 nothing. I don't know if you remember that game. Yeah, it the
2: was... Rangers beat them 8-1 <laughs> on Super Bowl weekend. Yeah.
12: Yeah. Oh. Or the Islanders. Islanders, sorry. Yeah.
2: Islanders, yeah.
12: Oh, yeah. No, this is a Rangers game. I don't know. It was oh, a while okay. back. Well, but they was, lost a lot of bad, bad. games.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
12: Yeah, so this is really uh, satisfying. But I really, I thought I was buckling in for, uh, for a loss tonight. I was thinking, all right, 8-1, you know, we've done good, we've done well. You know, but then they just kicked it up. And I think it was, you know, yes, he's goal and he just slapped it in like Mark Messier. It just, you know, got everybody going. So I wish I could have been there tonight. But uh, I will be at the Boston Bruins game and Edmonton Oilers game on November 11th. So I'll be there with my Oilers jersey cheering the on, and I wish I could just feel the Oilers crowd uh, around me when uh, when they score. So awesome! Uh, yeah, have a good night,
2: guys. Yeah, really appreciate the call. Well, a lot a lot of positive energy. It's it's nice to hear. You know, nine and one is nine and one, Rob. And you can talk about well, they got to do this better. What's going to happen here? What's going to happen here? At the end of the game, figure it out. You either figure it out. I mean, I, sometimes I think about a hockey game. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a game, but for the players and the coaches, it's it's a it's a sixty-minute mm-hmm. problem that you have to solve. You know, Todd McClellan used to say. You got 60 minutes to figure it out or maybe 65 or maybe 65 plus a skills competition. But, you you know, you got to figure it out by the end. And ultimately, the orders did that tonight.
3: They're finding ways to win. And they seem to find different ways each night. Some nights they get good goaltending. Sometimes the third line does something special. They've had a couple fourth line uh, goals this year with Shore and Turris. Uh, their power play, their penalty killing. Uh, it's not very rarely is everything clicking for you. So on those nights, you got to have someone else pick it up for you. But the Oilers have an advantage starting every game. they got the two best players in the NHL on their team. And now you add to the fact both of them are off to their best career starts. So both these guys have won the Hart Trophy. they both won scoring titles. And they've started better than they've ever started. That is sign, a sign right there that this is going to be a pretty fun year for the Oilers. So there's going to be times that they may hit a stretch where things don't go as well. But when you bank nine wins in your first ten games, it, it makes those times uh, less taxing, uh, less depressing, certainly. Uh, but this is a team to, that you want to fall in love with because they play fun hockey. This is They're not going to win games one nothing, 2-1. They are too good offensively. So if you want to beat the Oilers, you better come prepared to, A, stay out of the penalty box, and, B, you're going to have to score at least three goals or four goals. And sometimes, like tonight, that's not enough.
2: 6-5, the Oilers win in overtime. We have Perry, Gene, and Becky hanging on the Certainty Hotline. We'll get to all of you. If you want to give us a call, you're also going to hear from Hyman and Puglia Yarvey. This is Heartland Ford, Overtime Open Line.
1: He wired that. All right, off the bar. Here it comes McDavid backhand. Oh. Connor McDavid! He just went right down the middle and ties the game at five. McDavid trying to get it free. It does get free. Nurse has it left side in front of the net. All alone. Dry win it six
2: five the outstanding cam moon calling a sequence that will not be forgotten the tying goal and the winner the oilers rally from a 4-1 deficit to beat the new york rangers 6-5 in overtime the ranger or the oilers are nine and one on the season i want to thank my uh, buddy jason who sent me a note november 14th 2010 the oilers Lost to the Rangers, 8-2. That was the game our caller was referencing. We have Perry standing by. Perry, good to hear from you. What's going on?
0: Hey, guys. How you doing?
12: Great. Really good. Uh, yeah, incredible game tonight and uh, a really good uh, honor for uh, for Kevin. Uh, I'm going to be uh, a bit of a the devil's advocate. Um, yeah, I was looking at some of uh, Grant Pierre's stats from uh, career stats from when he was a goaltender in the 80s. I mean, this guy was, his numbers weren't great. Neither are Miko Koskinen's right now, but I was so happy to see Nico get another win. And, um, and really, he was he part of that celebration at the end of this game. It was super special, uh, I think. My question to you is, do we have the goaltending? I, I know we're rolling now, and it's regular season. Nobody's won the Stanley Cup in November. Do we have the goaltending to push deep in the playoffs?
3: Well, I don't know. Time will tell. I mean, what do you think? Oh, time will tell. I mean, right now the goaltending, uh, the Koskinen, their backup goaltender, is seven and one on the season. Uh, coming into tonight's game, he had a 9.34 save percentage, which is, I mean, that that wins you a Vezina, that kind over the s- the course of a season. Uh, I, to me, I I don't question it until it proves it can't. Um, so. They'll see as the season goes on. If uh, if the goaltending keeps getting it done like it has, uh, then maybe it does. I mean, Koskinen did not have a great game tonight, but he's had, what's he's played nine, what's he, seven and one now? Yep. Eight games. He's had six great games and two average. One, well, actually, one average well, and one, pull, one be below poor. average. Yeah. That was below average. So there you go, six out of eight. That's really good for a backup goaltender. So, I, to me, I have a hard time finding... A t- I have a hard time nitpicking a, a team that is nine and one. I really, I really do. Uh, you can look around the league, the goaltenders. I, uh, Vasilevsky in Tampa. I watched he had a, a slow start to the season. Hellenbeck, I see he's had a couple off games. Good goaltenders have off games. So to me, the Oilers are nine and one. You celebrate that. You don't find fault. I mean, would be it's kind of silly to to find fault in a team that's nine and one. Uh, I mean it's let's let's enjoy it. I mean this is a city that is, it went years and years with bad hockey clubs. You got a good hockey club right now. Let's not worry about what might happen 4 months from now. Let's just watch and and enjoy and celebrate the fact that this team is off to this incredible start. And not only that, this is a team that's fun to watch. You, you can't get more exciting than what we saw this g- team play tonight. Two best te- players in the National Hockey League on the same team, both off to the best starts in their careers. Yeah, I, I have a hard time thinking, what well, could be, can this happen? Let's just enjoy it.
2: The first year Rob and I worked together, the Oilers got their ninth win of the season on December 1st, which was their 28th game of the year. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. 63 we have Gene on the line. Hi, Gene.
13: Hey, how's it going, guys? Yeah, good. So, so first first time caller and I also for, I also attended my first ever Oilers game and I wanted I wanted to say it was very special and tonight's game it it was it was a comeback. Like what, what a comeback. That's what that's one way to describe it because like they were down 4-1 at one point but but the, this team did not did not give up. They, they bent at one point but did not break. So I believe the depth has it's been, has been showing but but for me, like uh, it's, it's, there's still more things to be to learn, but I, I like how our team is doing right now. So it's uh, and with the record that we have right now, nine and one, like uh, the, the league should like, uh, every team should watch out. Gene, where were you your can
2: seats? Gene, where were your seats tonight?
13: My seats were like around row, like a section one ten in row fifteen. And and
2: uh, how long have you been an Oilers fan?
13: Uh, for actually for fifteen years, though, like uh, since when I moved to Canada from the Philippines in twenty oh six during the awesome. cup final run, Cup final run, and I would say this was like a like my debut ga- live Oilers game.
3: It's oh, all good. No, that's awesome. It was awesome. You picked a f- hey, hey, come back there. They all are like this. <laughs> oh, I I, lo- I love, like,
13: uh, it, I would say it's a very special night, like with Kevin Lowe's number for going to the rafters, and I would say, like, uh, it, they did it for Kevin Lowe. I would, that's that's one way to sum it up.
2: Yeah, awesome. Well, I'm glad you got to come to the game, Gene, and call anytime. We really appreciate it, and hopefully you're going to see some Good things this year, like the uh, the team that got you on the bad wagon back in two thousand six. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Oilers win six five in overtime. We also have Becky on the line. Hey Becky, thanks for calling.
13: Hey guys, big fan. Hey, uh just a quick question. Do you think there's a trade option, to bolster fourth
3: line?
2: Uh yes, but I, I don't think they're gonna make a trade anytime soon.
3: But they, they the lineup might be changed next week. Well, I, I, I didn't see Shore get hurt.
2: No, neither did I. But he had that issue in the, in the preseason yeah. and missed some time. I honestly think, Becky, the if they bolster a line, I think they'll do it closer to the trade deadline, and they might try to bolster the second or the top six. I mean, like really even add somebody else that can yep. snipe some goals, depending on how it's going with Yamamoto or whoever might get chances there in the rotation no
3: you're absolutely right but i i I think they're
2: comfortable with players they can use on the fourth line well
3: they also i mean ryan mcleod still is, is an option and he's in the minors right now he's an option to come up and play on their fourth line but i agree that the Oilers, the way things are going for them right now, that they're going to believe they have a legitimate chance to go far in the playoffs. And Ken Holland has said that if he's got a team that he feels could do something, then he will add at the trade deadline. But I I don't, unless there's injuries that come into play, I don't think they'll make any major moves or any additions until they get closer to the trade deadline. And a lot of it has to do with salary cap constraints and stuff like that. And Holland
2: said several times in the last many months that, he was fine with their depth, and by depth, he meant players that you can play as one of your maybe bottom four mm-hmm. forwards. I mean, they wanted to get a better third line center. They wanted a player like Fogel on the third line, but then if you look at the other winger on the third line, and whether it was Cassian or when Archibald was healthy, or McLeod or Shore or Turris or signing Perlini or bringing Sevier in, uh, or if you have, like you said, Rob, if you have to call somebody up. They they have enough players, so th- th- that's a that's a good question by Beck. You're not saying it's not a good question, but I think if they if they are still doing well, and it gets into January, February, March, and Holland's saying, okay, we've played by that time, they'll have played everybody in the league. Mm-hmm. How do we stack up? In the games we lost, what were we missing? Yeah, it it would probably more likely would be okay. I got to add another top six winger as opposed to oh, I'm going to bring in another guy who could play six minutes. Well,
3: and, and they're also going to look at at that point there's going to be separation in the league and they're going to have an idea of okay here's the playoff teams here's the teams that are probably going to be in the final four in the western conference what do we need to beat these teams i mean you can it doesn't matter when you play arizona or anaheim what you have for horses it matters what you play when you play colorado or vegas what are the things that you need to beat those teams because those are the teams you're going to have to go through if you want to make a run and go to the Stanley Cup Finals. So I think as you get closer to the trade deadline, you'll have seen if you've had success against those teams or where your deficiencies are when you start playing the best teams in the league. Yeah,
2: and always more depth on defense. Oh, you can never have enough. You never have enough defensemen. All right, uh, before we go back to the phone lines and talk more about this game, I I want to get in this piece of Craig McTavish's speech (laughs) to Kevin Lowe from the ceremony.
10: (laughs) Kevin! This all seems like a lot to celebrate being the second-best athlete in your family <laughs> and the seventh-best player on your team.
4: <laughs>
10: Everybody knows Karen's the best athlete in the low family. Karen would always tell me what a great husband, father, and friend Kevin was. She just said it wasn't necessarily in that order. (laughs) It is an honor and a pleasure to be asked to lend some support to a guy who is always there for us as a friend and a teammate. It really is one of the highlights of my career. Of course, you all know there hasn't been a lot of highlights to that career, but this is one of them. How can I purge a lifetime of material in six minutes? I wanted to speak a little about Kevin the player and just how tough and competitive he was. As Hockey Hall of Famer Jacques Lemaire said to me one day, Craig, you have to remember one thing in the game of hockey, there are two nets and they are both equally important. With this collection of offensively gifted players, Gretz, Mess, Koff, Andy, and Yari, the one that was pretty well looked after, Kevin realized his greatest contribution was going to be in the less glamorous end. His contribution lay within the intangible skills that all coaches and organizations recognize as vital to team success. Kevin and Fiersy took care of one net, so everybody else could focus on the other net, with the exception of the playoffs, of course.
2: Yeah, Craig McTavish, very good, very good as usual, and Karen Percy Low. Don't forget, two medals at the 1988 Olympics in Calgary oh. and was the flag bearer for Canada in the closing ceremonies.
3: Oh, Mac T wasn't joking when he said that she is the better <laughs> athlete in the family. She certainly is. It's funny. I went to a, a, a buddy of mine, got married, Daryl Ray, in Kelowna one year, and Kevin and Karen were at the wedding and my wife was so excited. I'm like, oh, you're going to go over and say hi to Kevin. Kevin who? That's Karen Percy over there. I'm going to go talk to her. Got a chance to meet her. So uh, it was just a, a wonderful night for, for Kevin and, and his family. But it was a perfect ending for it because, and, and I know that in the speeches tonight too, and McTavish talked about it, his competitiveness was second to none. And we saw in the press box at times when things weren't going well for the Oilers the frustration that came out up here and, and the walls that sometimes looked a little different at the end of the night than they did at the beginning of the night so for the fact his competitive nature to have this game finish the way it did on the night they celebrated him I think was a perfect ending
2: Oilers win 6-5 in overtime we'll get to Ed next the Oilers are now 5-2-2 two, two in banner raising games by the way and you'll still hear from Hyman and Pulley This is Hartland-Ford Overtime Open Line.
1: Point, Barry will shoot it. Loose puck! Scars. Sack Hyman picks up the rebound! And this game's tied at
2: one! Well, how about this? Zach Hyman has seven goals. That was the Oilers' first goal of the game tonight. Hyman played really well. The Oilers rallied from a 4-1 deficit and beat the Rangers 6-5 in overtime. We have Ed on the Certainty Hotline. Hi, Ed. You're on with Robin Reed.
11: Hi, Reed. Hi, Rob. Go ahead. I just want to comment on the atmosphere that was uh, at the game tonight. Um, even driving home, the weather was beautiful. The windows were down. The horns were honking. It was something special. I was with my nephew who was 40 and his son at 8. He was 8 years old and we just looked at each other. This is the 10th game of the regular season and it's like 2006 all over again.
2: Well, I'm glad you called. Rob and I don't get the atmosphere outside. We can hear the fans chanting outside the Hall of Fame room as uh, as the interviews are going on.
3: Well, and the thing is, too, it's it's a fun team to be excited about. You know, if the, if the Oilers go on and do something special come playoff time, it would be silly not to celebrate the entire season. Like, uh, what a start this has been. It's fun to be around. It's fun to be at the rink. It, honestly, it's fun to be an Oiler fan and uh enjoy this uh live it up uh roll your windows down let chant let's go oilers beep your horn put the flags on the cars do whatever you can because right now uh, no one knows how this season is going to end but it certainly started the way better than anybody would have ever imagined so uh yeah have fun with it it's it's a good time to be an edmonton Oilers fan put your jerseys on everybody I,
2: and I think we're going to hear some fans having fun because from what I've seen on social media, there was definitely some chanting for Yessi Pugliarvi as he did this post-game availability with Zach Hyman.
4: Can, can both of you take a chance at this one? How significant do you think that win tonight uh, might turn out to be for the statement it made in this situation to come back from 4-1 and Kevin low night and everything like that in terms of transitioning Edmonton to this new era
14: yeah no I, I mean I think first of all the the atmosphere is electric like for for a game in November it felt like a playoff game which is just uh awesome I mean even outside you fans are still here so it's it's really really fun to be a part of and you know when you win a game like that it's a team that just doesn't give up and just you know continues to press and believes in itself this early and it's just exciting to be a part of
15: yeah uh, same thing like oh, was like little slow start for us and then like uh third period was really strong we start right away to get the power play and get everything going and get really nice win and yeah but um zach when when it's you need a
1: goal and mcdavid walks through four guys and scores that goal What's it like? What, what's it like in the bench? What's it like for the team?
14: I mean, I don't know if you watched the bench, but the bench went crazy. Just, I mean, the time in the game to score a goal like that, pretty, uh, <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> pretty special, obviously. And you know, only he can make a play like that. So it's just Connor being Connor.
1: Uh, Jesse, last game, you
14: hadn't scored in a long time and dryside gave you that
1: empty net goal. Did that have anything to do with your confidence to help tonight?
15: Yeah, may- maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hard, hard to say. This.
1: Did you play any better because Yeri Curry was here?
15: Uh, maybe, yeah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah. I didn't really think about that, but I told my girlfriend today, Curry's here and uh, yeah.
5: Yes, see, your your goal, your first one. Uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, you know, hits you a perfect pass, and then you come down and you know on a slap shot. I don't see a ton of slap shots uh, from you, and we saw your excitement from that. Can you just talk about you know your confidence now more and and your willingness to shoot the puck in different ways?
15: Yeah, uh, yeah. That sauce pass, what Nugent gave it to me uh, when I was full speed, was really good, and then I uh, do that. Little slap shot and get get in here. So yeah, was was a good shot and should, maybe I should uh, do those more Do you uh, do you have a bison shirt?
5: Would you would you want to have a bison king shirt? Do you know how much the fans are uh, are loving uh, the bison king? Yes, a uh,
15: Yeah, actually I have a that bison I have one. I have one.
5: Zach, can you talk about maybe you said how it's a fun game, but just kind of Yessi's exuberance and maybe how it, it rubs off. Like he genuinely seems to to love the game all the time and you seem to have a
14: similar attitude. Yeah, I mean yes is awesome. Like you just it's so fun to play with. He's just such a great guy, and yeah, he, he loves playing hockey. It's fun to be around guys that love hockey, and we have a group of guys that just love playing hockey and love being together and love, I mean, winning's fun. Everybody's enjoying it because we're winning, and we're doing it together, and we're building, and we're, we're getting better every game, and we're winning in different ways, and it's just it's just a fun, fun group to be a part of.
7: Uh, Zach, you've, you've played with some great players in Toronto, probably seen some incredible goals. Where do you think that one ranks in terms of what you've seen firsthand that McDavid scored?
14: I think. I mean. I think it's the best goal I've ever seen. So, number one. Yeah.
7: Uh, yes so you, you know, you were on the ice. Uh, what did you see as Connor kind of came? Did you did you think he could do that?
15: Yeah. First, I was. He had good speed, and then I uh, what, w- was thinking what he gonna do, and then he just went there and a couple nice moves and uh, get a nice goal, and then I I was just laughing.
7: <laughs> you get really excited when you score. Were you more excited? By seeing Connor score that goal
15: uh maybe a little bit uh different that was like funny, <laughs> funny, funny to watch that like what what he did, and that was like unreal goal and yeah oh. yeah
6: zach i know uh, you've been smiling throughout this because of the crowd and they're chanting jesse but can you talk about the atmosphere here tonight it almost felt like a playoff atmosphere you played all of last year in an empty building and how welcoming that is for you guys
14: they're chanting bison king so that's was... <laughs> bison king um no it's awesome like it just when you play in an environment like that that's why it's so great to have fans back and especially I mean, these fans, like, it's just wild. It's just, you feed off of it, especially in the third period when you're trying to rally and, and you, you need extra energy. When you when you hear a crowd like that just going crazy, and um, it's just, uh, it's special. And it's, you, you want to win for that moment and, and because it's exciting and it just adds to it.
6: I asked Connor this question, but maybe I'll ask you because this is your first season here with the club. Nine and one start for this or this group, first time in franchise history but can you talk about the specialty of this group and especially in the opening 10 games and the confidence that's, that seems to be brewing no matter what the score is you guys will find and will away
14: just finding ways to win like i don't think we played our best hockey yet we haven't really played a consistent 60 and we're just we're just always pushing and trying to find a way to win um and that's that's what good teams do is they do, they find ways to win and it doesn't matter how and doesn't have to be be pretty, and but you find a way to win. And, and this group really enjoys playing together. And it's early, but we're having a ton of fun, and, and we like winning. So we're just it's it's going well for us right now.
2: Zach Hyman and the Bison King, Jesse Pulleyarvey, who scored twice tonight, helping the Oilers come back to beat the New York Rangers, six-five, in. Overtime, Kellen, after, after, when I sign off at the end, we should play McDavid's goal and Dreisaitl's winner one more time. I think people can't get enough of that. We can do that. So here's what's coming up for the Oilers. Uh, off day Saturday. They'll practice Sunday. They'll fly on Monday. And the five-game road trip starts in Detroit on Tuesday. That's our next game broadcast on 630, Chet. Four o'clock in the afternoon for the face-off show. And the game will start at 530. It is a 9-1 and one start. For the Edmonton Oilers, you can get more on 630Ched.com or globalnews.ca. Big thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer here at Rogers Place, and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer at 630Ched. We've been in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line, an absolute classic on Kevin Lowe, Jersey Retirement Night, Oilers 6, Rangers 5.
1: Barry wired that. it right, off the bar. Here comes McDavid. Backhand! Oh. Scores! Connor McDavid! He just went right down the middle and ties the game at five. McDavid trying to get it free. It does get free. Nurse has it left side in front of the net. All alone. Try saddle. Scott. win it six five
0: 630 chad inside sports with reed wilkins weekdays at six on
1: 630 chad